See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Hello once again, all you out there in listener, podcast listener land. I almost screw that up, I think, every time. Okay. Yes. Welcome to Slow Robot A Go Go. Show number 10. The big one Yes. My name is Mao, and I'm coming to you from the land of K-pop. And beer that's cross-promoted with orange juice. I kid you not. I have six big bottles of orange juice because, uh, basically, I go to the store and a six-pack of beer would cost $7.50, roughly. It's like 7,500 uh, 7, won, which is just knock a zero off. And if you look over, there's a big plastic bag with two forties. And a thing of orange juice for seven, $7.20. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist uh, going to Mars that long to figure out that, hey, I'm buying the same amount of beer and I'm getting a free orange juice. I don't really like orange juice. It's just the fact that you get something free. So anyway, I wanted to... Um, sorry I, it took so long for me to get this show done. I had I had watched it last week. You know, I've been kind of clipping along on these... Slow Robot uh, shows pretty quickly, you know, like two a week, three a week sometimes. But, um, boy, last week I watched, I was really excited for a sci-fi classic, um, The Wizard of Mars. I'm like, wow. It's like a B-movie, sci-fi movie, based on The Wizard of Oz book, roughly. Let's really say it, really roughly. And, um... It has John Carradine in it. I'm like, cha-ching, sign me up. I was giddy with excitement, you know. And I watched it, and as I progressed along, this is last uh, last Sunday, and I was drinking my um, orange juice promo beer and watching it and watching it and watching it. And let's just say it made me more angry than happy. Um, so I was like, ah, shit, you know, I kind of did the background work for it where I look up, you know, do the, do the IMDB searching and look it up online and getting the artwork and just little stuff that I try to do. And I had, uh, I had taped the intro from the movie to drop in at the end of the, of, of the robot show. And I was like, I don't know, man, this movie sucks. And, and I kept putting it off and putting it off. And then finally today I was like, well... You know, this was um, six, five days later. I'm like, look, I got to do this show one way or the other. And I figured, well, why not just rewatch it? And boy, am I glad I did. What a difference a few days makes. And um, I think part of the problem was I went in with way too high expectations. I was like, this slurry of awesomeness is going to make the craziest movie in the world. And it just didn't live up to the craziness I expected in my brain. Oh, Rest assured, it's wacky, and it's 60s, and it's wrong, but it it's not, like, that level of wrong, you know. I, I, I expected, like, the whiz in space with shit flying everywhere and craziness, and 
they didn't have the budget for the wackiness and it was slow and it was a lot of really like padding you know so after my expectations lowered and I rewatched it okay then I now I'm like now I'm ready to do a show and get on with it you know it was one of those things where I couldn't in good faith um do a show at last weekend <laughs> it, it would have been horrible Okay, so I'll, let's get on with the show. If you look this up on IMDb, you're going to see that it rates a whopping 3.1 out of 10. So that'll give you the right where you're at. It starts off, you know, okay, well, sorry. Basically, the plot is, you know, in 1974, uh, four astronauts are, you know, go to, are going to Mars. You know, this was, uh, this was, um, Basically, a shot for, it says $33,000. That might be a little high. I think it was pretty much shot for nothing. They just, nothing. Uh, it's, uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. It was actually released a couple different names. The most popular re-release of this is called The Hor- Horrors of the Red Planet, which... Eh, I think it has a little bit more zing with The Wizard of Mars, but probably the person that wrote the book sued them to take it off. They don't say that anywhere. I'm just making that up in my head. That's what I'm envisioning. There's also, for some reason, it says under trivia that Lon Chaney Jr. does not appear in the film despite his name being credited on the video box. Um, And that was for the other title that was called Alien Massacre, which... Um, wow. So, yeah. If you're hitching your wagon to Lon Chaney Jr. uh, as a uh, sales pitch, you know. Okay, moving on. So, basically, yes. If Alien Massacre or Horrors of the Red Planet or uh, The Wizard of Mars. Right off off the bat, you have a casserole of nonsense if you have three different titles for one um, 3.1 out of 10 movie. So, anyway... There's all of two, four, five people in this cat that that are the cast. Uh, John Carradine is the Wizard of Mars. He appears as a floating head in against a space backdrop, and I don't mind that. In fact, I enjoyed that. But uh, they should have picked their space backgrounds a little bit better. Sometimes it's a swirly thing. Sometimes there's a big like galaxy cluster across his face. It looks like a tilted mustache. Sometimes you can't see him, you know. And then there's, of course, the four main people. Steve, Charlie, Doc, and, you guessed it, Dorothy. And Dorothy is in silver-clad go-go boots at one point. And uh, Charlie is the comic relief. And, uh, what's the guy's name? Steve is the, you know, Steve Squarejaw is the commander. So, basically, you know, if we break it down scene by scene, it starts off, you're in, um, you know, basically, scene one, I called this scene Up Periscope. I mean, down periscope, up periscope, because for some reason 
they thought it would be riveting to show um, the two crew members of the back, Dorothy and uh, Doc, just raising and lowering the, the their periscopes as they adjust the the videographer and all this other crap they're saying. They're saying a bunch of nonsense, and every time they do, one or both of them lowers fiddles with the knob, lowers a periscope, fiddles with the knob, and then raises the periscope. So, there's also a lot of bad editing in this this scene. Um, it's your typical fare as far as the uh, the cabin of the sh- of the spaceship. You know, it's the it has the tape decks. The tapes are moving uh, on the the tapes are moving on the walls, and there's like the it, the walls are obviously made of sheetrock. And there's a uh, you know lots of room to walk around. That whole shtick. You remember how uh, sci-fi movies um, had actual space in their spaceships. So, okay. So then, what what happens is some random blurry effect causes them to jettison their main uh, their main um, compartment, and then they're going down. You know, so they crash. In the second scene, they crash. Um, no, not as hard as our economy, but close. So the crash, and then um, Dorothy hops up, and we get to see her sparkly go-go boots. This starts this long dialogue where it becomes apparent that in the in the future of 1974, astronauts aren't really keen-witted scientists. They're more like brain-dead morons that just have no logical thinking skills, I'm guessing. So that might be a downfall of the future of 1974. Because if you listen to the dialogue, it's, it, 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 you, you become dumber by listening to it. it. You actually, your IQ drops unless you quickly like, pick up a dictionary or read a book. You have to read at the same time as listening to this movie, otherwise you become stupider. It's like drinking beer. So basically... Um, they, they decide that they have to get off the ship and then a fire forces them to just leave everything and jump down. Uh, you know, the fire is just some smoke effects. And then we, we're in for um, some random voiceover. And this voiceover is throughout the movie for, for the most part. I don't know whose voice it is. Voiceovers are usually kind of one of the crew members, but they just hired Barry White or that Chocolate Rain dude to do it. I don't know. It's like Darth Vader gargled some lava and then started talking, and we walked in the desert and the blah, blah, blah. So basically, whenever they're trudging along and the, the editor goes, wow, I'm going to sleep, they just said, hey, they nudged some guy with a stick and said, hey, just talk about this scene. And, and he just chimed in with, the boy, the 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 volcano sure was hot. You know, it was it didn't add it into the story. It just kind of trudged along and kept you from going to sleep. So they're walking along, and at this point, the Mars. You know, they 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 walk up and um, they get into, you know, they show like a river. They, well, first they show this blinking light in the in the sky, and and they show you know the the polar caps of Mars, and they're, you know that that's what the voiceover says. And they're walking, and then they, there's like some like river. Luckily, they had some space rat, rubber rafts, and they had a space rifle with them too. Not like a phaser, 
just an M1 carbine from like the army from like the 40s. So basically they had their gun and their, you know, they bring if you're in space, bring a rubber raft and a rifle and you should be fine. So basically um the video is like really just bad. I mean, if it wasn't if you if you didn't hear Barry Vo- Barry White Darth Vader's voiceover it would be tedious. Like, there's nothing going on. It's really like... I don't know. It's just like four people sitting in a rubber raft. And then it's... um. At one point, they, they fall asleep on this raft as they're drifting along. And, like, these sock puppet leeches kind of... Like, like vines. Sock puppet vines. And then the guy jumps up and shoots them with his, with his M1. And they die. Thank God we've averted that crisis. We better stay awake or whatever. So then the next scene, they're going to the... Um, oh, and one thing, I, I do actually like the space suits that this movie uses. It's one of the more realistic looking. Like, I prefer... My top rated space suits are the ones that look like the uh, Michelin Man. You know, like they're like kind of layers of rolls those are just cool looking and if i can put a racing stripe on those top of the line mid-range is like the ones that are they look kind of cruddy like almost like a racer's jumpsuit but th- that's what these were like the silver fire suits but they were actually like they looked used they looked authentic you know these these were actually pretty good looking spacesuits so and they're wearing this the whole time, and and of course they in they have the the problem of our oxygen is running out. Luckily, the the Mars atmosphere has oxygen, so we can leave our face masks up. We this just acts as an oxygen booster, you know, the manufacturing suspense, but there is none. So anyway, they float along on this on their rubber rafts in space, and then and they get to the like the caves. This is clearly like I think Carlsbad Caves is that the name of them? I don't, I don't like some caves. The best part is there's no movement. They're in rubber rafts, blue screened against like a postcard from a freaking like a, from a from a cave somewhere. I don't, I don't even know where. Like there's <laughs> and they just keep like looking around, going, "Boy, those rocks are sharp," or whatever. One one brush against those, and this raft will pop and. Then what? I don't know, you know. So they go through Cave World, and then they they climb up on shore, and now they're in Volcano World, where there's um, lava and fire and stuff like that. To be honest, the lava, the Volcano World was pretty good. I liked the editing of, they had like a lava fall and like fire effect. Now, by today's standards, it was ass, but the layering looked, it looked good. Like the way they were, they were, they were doing the typical hugging against the wall, you know, because they were at a cliff apparently. But it was, it was good it, for for the time and for the budget. This was that de- that was definitely a decent effect. The lava flow, the lava like fall, and the flames in the the volcano world, they were pretty cool. I'd also like to add with using the suits and the helmets. Clearly, that that lady was not doing those that part. I, I don't know, <laughs> unless she was, like, you know, the same size as everyone else. They showed four people trudging a lot. Like, they trudged in the 
caverns for a while and oh we might be lost and then they got to the volcano world and oh we we might fall in and be fried like bacon that's an actual line like the dialogue was wow i'll I'll talk about that later but clearly also this wasn't like the lady dorothy wasn't really the lady doing this stuff trudging around in the freaking in the desert you know every now and then her voiceover would come in are we gonna be okay you know just some dicey dialogue like that <sighs> so and okay so anyway they're walking on volcano world then they walk to now they're in the desert world they made it through the volcano and they found their way up before it exploded and now they're in the desert and they're walking in the desert and the meanwhile they're following this the, the comic effect is uh, charlie is following this beacon that's where the main stage is and they can go home then or they can call their friends and their friends will come by with their space jalopy and pick them up so basically they they're charging through the de- desert and it turns out that that's not the main stage that that was giving off the signal it was an old um like a, a drone that they sent there to see if life could could live on mars and charlie starts cracking up and he shoots the thing and then there's this hissing sound oh look we've discovered there's still liquid oxygen in these tanks and this whole time, this guy, they like start talking, you know, and they're talking like Charlie starts talking about how he's sorry for being so silly, and 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 everyone else is saying, oh, it's okay, we're all under a lot of stress or whatever the hell they're saying. Meanwhile, they're not stopping the oxygen. Okay, if that's the most important thing in, in to save you, that's the only thing you'd be doing. You wouldn't stop and have a little chat. You'd get the damn oxygen, but. They're talking, and the, then there's like a hissing of this oxygen escaping, playing in the uh, in the background. Finally, they stop it, and they fill their tanks up. And and um, but now what are we gonna do? Because we're really lost or whatever. So they hide under this damn thing. Um, they hide under this this drone, and um, during a storm. Well, lo and behold, the storm. Um, um, the storm like blows o- blows the sand away, and there's a road. You guessed it. There's a yellow brick road. You guessed it. They follow the yellow brick road. So they're walking along the yellow brick road, and then they finally they go to a Martian city. You know, and the, I I can't even really describe this dialogue that they I don't know who wrote it or why they wrote it but like it's just really cheesy like the 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 Dorothy is 10 10 shades of stupid you know and just like like she's like like they find the air on the drone and she goes it's like a care package from home that's the kind of that's the level of 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 uh, dialogue she gets moving on they go to this Mars city and they get in there and and they're walking along, and it's, it's, um, all you see is, like, columns. Not Gollum, not my precious, column. So, columns. So, they're walking along, and they're like, oh, this, and the one that, you know, Charlie the Comic Effect goes, this place was, this was a jazzy place back in its day with all these columns, and, and then, um, then they're like, oh, it's really weird, and then they wipe, o- they wipe the one of the columns, and it turns out that there's this, um, funky-ass-looking alien <laughs> And this alien is butt ass ugly. I don't know. It's like its face looks like a elf kinda, 
but the top part is a dome with a brain exposed and rivets. You know, I enjoy the riveted brain thing. It's used a little bit too much, but I like it. So basically, they're talking, and then they see that this thing starts moving. Like, it starts watching them while they're talking, and then they're like, hey. And the girl, the Dorothy, oh, I forgot. When they get into the city, they can breathe now, so they all take off their, their space suits. So now they're back in just, you know, normal jumpsuits. So I forgot that Dorothy actually does the biting the index finger knuckle in horror, like as she pulls away from, <gasps> and she bites the the knuckle. I was like, no way. I reversed it like three times. I couldn't stop. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. That's almost as bad as the the cloak, like where you cover your nose and and go Mah-ha-ha, and walk off this off the set with the like the cape covering your face. That's that same level. The biting the the index finger knuckle, same effect. So basically, the Martian tube man appears and. And then, um, and you know, and the one guy, uh, you know, the Biff square job, the he puts his hand on there, and they talk, and it's like some kind of a mind melt. So apparently, the Star Trek produced Ray Brad, Ray Bradbury, I don't Cadbury, Cadbury eggs, I don't know, who cares? Yeah, Ray Bradbury. He no. Moving on, the dude who wrote Star Trek, yeah, Ray Bradbury. He um he obviously watched this because he that's where he stole the mind melt from obviously I mean obviously he he was a big Wizard of Mars fan and that thing is a lie so okay so then this Martian says walk down this way and, and to this hall of great hall of knowledge where all civilizations talk or some bullshit I forget what they, I mean he kind of rambles on and says oh you gotta go this way. And of course, the side of the, the comic uh, relief with the gun goes. I'm not going in there, because yeah, like if somebody says, "Oh, let's go to the hall of of every race and every everything in the universe," that's where the knowledge is. Yeah, we don't want to go there. Let's just stand here with a rifle, dumbass. So anyway, then Biff Squarejaw goes, "Oh, we don't have a choice." I don't know why he said that. Like no one was really pressuring anything. There's no suspense in this movie whatsoever. So they're walking towards this ominous black hole. And um, at this point, I will like I would like to point out that whoever the um, you know whoever they had a good spiderweb technician on their budget. The spiderwebs were top notch in this. I've seen some pretty cheesy, bad like spiderwebs. Guy knew his shit. They're like, what do you do? You know, you want to work for our movie? What what do you do? And he's like, all I do is make spiderwebs. I'll get here at ten. I'm leaving at one. You'll have the best spiderwebs. And that was probably half of the budget. And they were like, let me see one. And he did one, and they were like, you're hired. So they had a really good spider webs in this movie. So they ripped the spider webs down. And, and then, of course, they, they slowly walk in. And just when you're starting to lose your... this, Just when this movie's like, okay, I've had enough of this shit. I'm, I'm done. Bam! Floating David... Or, yeah, floating John Carradine head in space. I almost said David Carradine. It's like, wow. So, yeah, floating John Carradine. You're like, yes! And he starts talking with the stuff and blah, blah, blah. And at first he's talking backwards. Don't worry, folks. I recorded it and, and, and like flipped it so I could hear what it says. So basically he's talking backwards. And then he's talking about, well, you know, we're the smartest race in the world. And others had come here, but 
they're like, why did you come here? You know, because other races have come here, and and they just wanted greed, so we obliterated them, obliter- obliterated them, and blah blah blah. And, and and at that point, you know, comic effect goes, no, no, we we didn't even want to come here. We we're we we're just like doing a scientific. We were just observing your planet, and we crashed. And then and he's like, well, that's kind of funny or whatever. So then, you know, basically he's like, look, we're um, our race is incredibly old and we know everything and we've we've gotten past the physical body stage now we're basically just conscious beings and and then they were like I th- he kind of says like we stop time and because we're not and and we're tra- like he kind of alluded to the fact that they're trapped they can't they've made themselves immortal you know they stopped the clock they've made themselves immortal and they they don't that's a gift that just keeps giving, and eventually I think you get tired of it. Um, he didn't say that, but in so many words he did. So basically they're like, if you start time again, you know, then whatever, we'll let you go. You know, at first he was like, well, you're not leaving, you're you're gonna, we're we're in shit, why not you too? You know, so then they're like, oh no, we 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 just want to leave. So then they're like, oh no, you have to you know fix the clock, fix time, and then um and then we'll let you go. And, and and at that point, then it frees them too, of course, you know. So basically, they they they're wandering around. They're like, oh, you know, and and that that whole floating carotene thing w- was awesome, but that speech just kept on going. I mean, that was the speech that just kept on trucking. And eventually, you're like, wrap it up, John. You know, you got your check. Let's cut this short. We don't, you know, it just blah 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 blah. He just kept talking and talking and talking. It was like a me so anyway so they these dimwits wander around they're like oh what's the universal time what's the universal symbol of time and yeah they just they walk into some cavern and there's like there's this glowing orb and they look in and they're like that's the model of the city it's like one of those little shaking things i think it snows when they shook it and they're like well you know and they wander around and they they go into this place and they're like oh you know there's a big pendulum with a smiling sun. This is the 60s, remember? They're like, well, that's the universal thing for for time. So they they're looking around, and there's like a there's like one hole in the center where you could put this little you know shaker of the city. And they're, and they're like, oh, but it's she. And and then Dorothy goes, it's just out of our reach. And I'm like, oh my god, I actually hit myself in the in the, like hit my uh, my forehead with my palm, and I was like. Oh really? And then, and then, then you know, the comic effect's like, I can do it. And yeah, Biff Squarejaw lifts him, lifts him, and and he goes, Oh, there he is. You know, and it's like it's almost like, Oh, you know what? By stacking things on top of things, we can do things higher. Whatever. So he puts it in. Time starts, and then, bang, they're back on their ship. So, and Carradine busts into some, you know floating head rap and that's the end of the movie there's not really a rap i just invented one in my head because it was funnier so basically they start time again in the end a couple things i'll be a little critical and then i'll and i'll also be a little bit um forgiving first of all i did record the reverse talk i was hoping it would say something like in the future my son's going to uh, hang himself while masturbating i forget the clinical term of that Autoerotic asphyxiation? I think that's... Who cares? Okay, so... But it didn't say that. It didn't say anything about that. And uh, so basically, um, the reverse talk says, 
Uh, our age has no equivalent in your context of time. And then the second rip dip jip dip thing says, "We are the end of evolution. We are the end of evolution of a race so old its age has no equivalent to your concept." So, kind of cool. I mean, you know, I don't know how they thought anyone would ever know what that said, but at least they took the time, you know. Could have just been like a big, uh, that could have just been like, you know, a recipe for peanut butter pie and, and just they just reversed it, but they took the time and did something decent. So yay for that. Now, in the beginning, he said, oh, you know, oh, because yeah, you'll hear it in the intro, but he's like, you know, can you wake up, Biff Squarejaw? You know, you're two minutes overdue. That's when they wake up, and they're apparently they've been gone for a long time because they all have beards. I'm sorry, I jumped, I jumped ahead. Basically, when at the end they wake up on their ship, and it's apparent that they've aged. Like they show that they have beards, you know. So they were gone for five days, but back in back, the the what wakes them up is is the the people calling them saying, "Oh, you're two minutes overdue." You know, because he had said, oh, I have to switch off. We're going on to the dark side of Mars or whatever the hell he said. And he's like, We're, I have to switch off for two minutes. So basically, to the Earthicans, this was only, uh, like, they were only gone two minutes even though the crew was gone to Mars for, you know, whatever, for, for five days, I want to say. One of the things I was looking for because he said that about time, and there was a clock in the background. And the clock in the background actually didn't jump around. It stayed true to the time. And I was like, I'll bet when they go back, watching it the second time, I'll bet, I was like, I'll bet that that clock's going to be accurate. They didn't show the clock. I was, I was, I was like, so, I thought I was really like being, you know, uber cool, like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch the clock, man. I'll be like, dude, they, they stopped the clock. They didn't stop the clock. They didn't film the clock. They didn't. He didn't even know the clock was there. So basically, they weren't on that level of cool. I thought it would be neat. So if I do a remake of this, I'll have a budget of $34,000, and I'll pay attention to the clock in the future. So basically, that's it in a nutshell. First viewing, I hated it. I, I, I can't say I hated it. First viewing, I was pissed off because I really expected, like I said in the beginning, I expected like a wacky adventure with the Tin Man and the bullshit and the crows and the flying monkey and the witch and all that shit. Turns out the Wizard of Mars is just kind of roughly the Wizard of Mars. There was some parallels, and it was kind of funny. The yellow brick road and the floating, you know, carotene head was awesome. Um, I I don't know. Like I guess it, you you could draw a lot of parallels, but then again, you could say, mm, yeah, no, this is just what the hell was that other name? Alien abductors or the anal intruders or whatever the hell I said the other name of that place was. The other name of the, like they said, uh, uh, yeah, I have to go look it up quick. I'm such a loser. Um, Alien Massacre, you know, or you could just say this has nothing to do with Wizard of Mars. This is called Alien Massacre. Lon Chaney started it, although he was nowhere to be found, and yay for that. I'm gonna, 
I'm really flip-flopping on this one, because this is almost going to be the first one where I said, don't watch it. But that would be kind of stupid. Why the hell would I even say, why, why would you even listen to this and then go, oh, I can't wait to not watch that. So I'm going to say watch it. I'm going to definitely recommend you don't buy it. Um, you know, just <laughs> see if it's on instant instant Netflix. You know, <sighs> if you can make it through the stock footage and the tedious tre- trudging, about 56 minutes in it gets watchable because they get into the city. And Carradine's there. So, that. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to try and find a real, like, something to really come back with. I almost thought about doing something, like, off the wall, like, um, Escape from New York. But I'm so creamy for that movie. It would just sound like a man love fest for Snake Plissken. And I'm not gay, so I'm not going to do that. Eh. I'll think of something really, uh. I'll come back strong. You know what I mean? This The last couple. Although they were funny and I, I did suggest that you watch them, it was kind of like half-hearted that I said, oh yeah, you should watch it. And I was like almost winking at the microphone. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a really kick-ass one to come back with for next week. Okay, well, uh, I ask that you please make sure to visit the following many places that I'm going to send you. Also, you know, you got, give me some comments. I stopped putting music in. Is it too long for me to just keep jawing on? Now, usually I have two pieces from the movie. I could only find one piece worthy of recording for the movie, and that's the intro of of John Carradine blathering on about time and bullshit like that. If you like the music breaks, please let me know. I'm kind of... I don't know. I flip-flop on that one. I like music a lot, so I like to use it. But if people just fast-forward through it, or if it's just annoying... Or if you find it, it, it just takes away from it. I'll just try to f- get more movie bites. I mean, I know that's what one of the listeners you know, had suggested. So, okay. Um, that's all I have. Please make sure that you check out my travel blog from life here in Korea uh, at kimchiagogo.wordpress.com Check out uh, a podcast that I've been part of for a very long time at bunchofdorks.com or you can look up Bunch of Dorks on iTunes. I do have aspirations of getting uh, Slow Robot Agogo onto iTunes and some of the other, you know, Podcast Alley and all that other crap. Unfortunately, I can't do that from Korea, so I have to nag my technical um, webmaster from on the other side of the ocean and see if it happens. Uh, make sure you please check out my friends. Um, if you're into comics, go to the Two Dimension podcast. It's uh, Two Dimension po- uh, Podcast dot Blogspot dot com. Um, those cats are seriously knowledgeable about uh, comics. I'm not. I just go hey, look at the pictures. So I take their word for it, but I trust them because they're smart. They're smarter than me. So anyway. Um, check out Bunch of Dorks, check out my pla- my travel blog, check out Slow Robot Agogo, and please tell your friends about it at uh, slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com. Okay, enough of the shilling. Sorry. Um, I'll see you all next time. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please have enjoy this intro brought to you by a floating carotene head in space.
Mars Probe 1, will you please acknowledge you are two minutes overdue with your transmission. Please acknowledge. Please acknowledge. Yeah. 